Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. And let me be the first to wish you a happy Victory Monday. It is the first Victory Monday of the 2023 season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they start the show 1-0. So everyone's got to be in a good mood with the Bucs being undefeated, starting the season with the win. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, I think the saying for this season, what is it? It's uh, It ain't pretty, but it's gritty. Yeah, that's right. I love the hat too, Matt. Uh, certainly Thank you. remembering all of our heroes and uh, and fallen Americans on 9-11. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a day that, that I'll never forget. And I know it's etched in the memories of uh, so many Americans that were alive that day to, uh, to you know, remember um, the, the tragedy yeah. that happened uh, in New York and Pennsylvania and D.C. So awesome for you to commemorate that by wearing the FDNY. Uh, fire department of new york hat i love that and we love the fact it's a victory monday too we're talking buccaneer football uh first victory monday of the year and uh it's always fun on mondays uh, just because we do roll call at 420 and you people that they catch the show live you pewter people i mean if if there's going to be a day to tune in if it's not going to be the the post game pewter podcast after a buccaneer victory the second best day is monday for for roll call at 420 because we love hearing where our pewter people are tuning in from, whether it's here in Florida, the great state of Florida, if it's across the country or across the country, across the world, we've got international visitors too, that, uh, that will pop into the podcast chat. We love uh, all the super chats we got over the, the weekend. Last night was fantastic. So uh, just excited to get the show going. We, we had a chance to talk to Todd Bowles today. We'll have some of those clips and more insight after watching the game film yes. from, from yesterday as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just the, the past couple of days, I mean, it's so much better when football season is here. Like we love the Peter people talking to them all season long, but the excitement is it, it ramps up yeah. more when the season's here. So we've had great comments, whether it's a super chat or not a super chat. We've had great comments from everybody. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, let's let's keep it going today. Um, there are a number of different ways that we can kind of go with the the narrative of the Bucks this season. <laughs> <laughs> as Narav says, yeah, Baker Mayfield dusted off the, the Heisman. Yeah. And 
I, I think it's something because winning masks a lot of things. And I'm certainly not being negative on this show by any means. It's a victory right. Monday, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want people thinking that the Bucks were absolutely flawless in this game. Like, let's yeah. remember, they got a couple of big breaks um, with the fumble by Kirk Cousins early right. on, with Lyman bumping into him, and the Vikings going offsides on the field goal. So a lot of self-inflicted wounds by the Minnesota Vikings. Let's also remember, Baker so showed grittiness because yeah. he wasn't a precision, pre- precision passer. You know, yep. he had some missed throws. He had to fight to get those extra yards. He only had 173 passing yards. And that yeah. included a run game that was pretty bad <laughs> yeah. for most of the afternoon. Yeah, in terms of so, efficiency, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I will say this uh, Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles offered some perspective on the running game or lack thereof. And I know that was like the, the biggest, you know, gripe that people had is Dave Canales wanted to come in. And commit to the run and and revamp this rushing attack that only averaged 75 yards per game last year, Matt. And they ended up with 73. I think they had more than 75, but Baker had a couple of those kneel downs at the end yeah. in the victory formation, which is still the best formation in football. But uh, but yeah, certainly not the type of, of rushing attack that Bucks fans and even the team envisioned in week one. Um, but at the same time, we'll get into that. There, there's some reasons why the Bucks uh, running game was not as efficient and, and productive as, as it was, but Todd Bowles didn't seem to care because it really served a purpose, which was keeping the Bucks defense off the field, getting them well-rested so they could make the plays in the fourth quarter, like that Carlton Davis pass breakup and yeah. forcing the Vikings to punt going three and out on their last drive. So it, it may not have been pretty, but Matt, as we talked about, it was gritty. And that's how the Bucks are going to win some games. They're going to be gritty this year. Uh, it's not going to be as as extravagant as it was blowing out people 30 points per game under Tom Brady uh, when you had yeah Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and, and, and Rob Gronkowski. They're going to find different ways to win. And this was kind of the formula that the Buccaneers are going to follow, although they want more sacks, they want more rushing yards, they want more points, but it's going to look a little bit more similar to this style of, of game with Dave Canales and Todd uh, Bowles uh, leading the way. And that's absolutely fine because early on the Bucks are establishing their own identity, which it can't yeah. be the identity of the Tom Brady team from a couple seasons right. ago. This is a new team with Baker Mayfield, and even though the offense may not have been wildly efficient, what was efficient is the overall in-game management. We talked about the yeah. adjustments a lot, but just the overall thought process of we're going to come out, we're going to, not that they tried to milk the clock, but they had right. a very, very long first drive to start that second half yes. and put points on the board. So that immediately changed the game in its own sequence. And then at the end, staying aggressive, getting the ball with four minutes and holding onto that football the whole time. Throwing it on third and 10, yes. going for that <laughs> knockout blow. They could have easily, and Todd Bowles, I feel like, would have done this last season. They could have ran the ball with however much, I think it was like right after the two-minute warning. They yeah. could have ran the ball there. The Vikings were out of timeouts, but they at least would have gotten the ball back right. one more time. And who knows? Chaos could always ensue. Yeah. But they said, no, I don't care if we leave a little more time on the clock. We're going to get this first down and close out the game. And that's exactly yeah. what they did with the big play to uh, Chris Godwin making a, an exceptional catch. Yeah. We have a super chat to get to from Adam Hamilton. 
Thank you so much, Adam, for the 1999 Super Chat. Adam says, Jets, happy Victory Monday. Don't want to be it, doom Adam. and gloom, guys. Rashad didn't look great. Seems like a good kid, but at some point, I think we need to invest in a real weapon back there. Thoughts? Y'all the goats. You the goat, Adam. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that very much. It's a great way to start a Monday with a, a 1999 Super Chat. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, some perspective. Uh, looking back, I actually thought the offensive line did a pretty good job of run blocking. Brian Flores, remember, he was brought in to be the guy that's going to make this Minnesota Vikings porous run defense more stout. And you do that by run blitzes, by stacking the box and bringing one more than they can block or uh, making it even. And if they're blocking with five, you bring six or five. If they're blocking with six, extra tight end, then you bring six or seven. And and, and I think that was a pretty effective approach. They, they were clogging the run lanes. Remember, Tampa Bay's offensive line, that starting offensive line, only played three series together in the preseason finale. It is a work in progress. They needed more time in the preseason to gel. Now, Todd Bowles made a calculated gamble. He said, we're going to figure this out as the season goes on. We want to make sure that we don't have uh, a Ryan Jensen situation where starters are getting hurt needlessly in meaningless preseason games. And okay, that's fine. And we saw it took a half for this offense to yeah. kind of come to life just about. But, but Matt, I, I think that the tight ends need to block a little bit better. And, and to Adam's point, Rashad White needs to, to show a little bit more of a sense of urgency. And he's got to hit the gas pedal a little bit sooner on some of those runs. He needs to accelerate through the hole. I thought he danced a little bit too much, was a little bit too tentative uh, looking for the hole rather than sometimes if there's not a hole, you just got to plow into the back of an offensive lineman, use that six foot, 225 pound frame and create your whole get positive yardage. That's going to come with time, Matt. You look back at last year, this, this guy had five games with double digit carries or more. And that yeah. only one game, he had more than 20 carries. And that was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. The other games were talking like 11 carries, 11 carries, 12 carries, 14 carries. So he had 17 carries on Sunday. And, he is still figuring out how to be an NFL runner himself. Yeah. And he's figuring out this new blocking scheme as well in front of him. Absolutely. At first glance, it seemed like, oh, my goodness, like the the Vikings are in the backfield on every single play. And then you go back and watch, and, and Todd Bowles alluded to it as well. They just blitzed all the time, yeah. <laughs> like uh, especially early on, on, on first and second down. And a lot of times when you blitz like that, yeah, sometimes it, it works out for the offense where they blitz to the wrong side or you you run it a certain way. And once you get past that initial first line, then you're off to the races. But that right. didn't necessarily happen uh, for the Bucks run game yesterday. And for Rashad White, it's it's one game. So let's pump yes. the, we want We want Rashad White to not put his foot on the brakes. But I think for everyone worrying about the run game, pump the brakes a little bit. If you remember last season, granted he was a rookie just getting his feet wet in the NFL, he looked very tentative in that first game against the Dallas Cowboys in a situation where they were trying right. to churn out the clock and, and win the game. And Rashad looked a little tentative then. And then it worked out overall. So yeah. he's been known as a as a patient runner and, and can read the hole the right way. Patience is fine to a degree. We want that moved up a little bit more. And also, as you said, it seems like there were times that he missed the wrong hole. So if you're going yeah. to be patient, read it the right way. And that was yeah. the problem. If you're going to read it wrong, at least hit the hole right away, and then you can still make people miss and, and things of that nature. But I wouldn't freak out yet with, with Rashad White. 
Yeah. There were so many growing pains for the Bucks in this first game, especially in the first half. There's a long, long way to go. And I actually feel pretty confident that the Bucks' run game will improve as the season goes. And if, I agree. And let's also not forget that Sean Tucker is also a viable option number two if something does go wrong with Rashad or if he continues to play poorly, which again, I'm not expecting, but yeah. you know, there is talent in that room at running back for the Bucks. So yeah. don't worry just yet. It's, it's one game. Yeah. The other thing too is, is we'll see, we'll see what the future holds for Rashad white. Uh, I, I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be back next year. Right. That's, no. that's pretty much a given. Uh, but yeah, running backs, you can find them in every draft class. And uh, I've got no doubt that, you know, if Chase Edmonds doesn't pan out, uh, they'll probably draft another running back. Then you've got Rashad White, a third-round pick, you know, on the roster. You've got Sean Tucker, uh, so you've got two guys. Then you draft another another back, so you've got another one. Um, I'm not I'm not too concerned for the long haul. I, I think that Rashad and Sean Tucker, that one-two punch, maybe some Chase Edmonds, can do enough damage this year to produce uh, better results in the running game. And then we'll see what happens after that. At Adam Hamilton saying. Uh, 499 super chat. All I'm saying is if you're going to be a, a run centered offense, go get a stud. And I agree. Um, but you know, they, they're going to have to go with what they have this year, right? That's the, the draft is not until April next year. So they're stuck with what they have. And I think it's going to be enough. I really do. Uh, we still have a super chat from Tim, um, yeah. or a super sticker. It's a $5 super sticker. Uh, Tim, if you have another comment, please feel free to throw it in the chat and we'll, we'll put it up, but thank you very much for the super chat. Tim, um, let's let's stick with the offensive line, Scott. Yeah. Actually, let's uh, real quick get to a video. This is Todd Bowles yeah. talking about what he thought of uh, of the Bucks run game. I thought they were tough runs. Considering the fronts they were playing, they kind of take away and they kind of had an extra guy every time. The run doesn't always have to be pretty. You know, if you can get 33 runs in and keep the defense off the field some, it keeps them out there longer, it keeps them honest, it keeps them off Baker some. So it has a double fold, you know, the, the amount of carries are just as important as the yardage, if not more important. So if we can stay with that and kind of stay balanced, it kind of keeps everybody in the game. And that's the big thing, too, is at least committing to the run. It might not be pretty every single time, but eventually that'll open up the play action. That'll open up the rollouts with Baker Mayfield, which we didn't really see too much until, again, when it mattered most, Baker was rolling out, getting that first down. So there, it's you got to think of – Everything's in the moment, without yeah. question. Everything's in the moment. But you also have to think of that long game. What Dave Canals told us on this show, body right. blow, body yeah. blow, body blow, haymaker, Mike Evans touchdown. Those are the type of things that you got to see. So you got to keep that in mind. Well, yeah, two-yard run, not great in the immediate moment. It's opening everything else for uh, what this offense wants to do. Yeah, it reminded me so much of of what happened way back in in the NFC Championship game back in uh, 2002 when the Buccaneers finally beat the Eagles in Philly. That was the Rondé Barber game where he shut down the vet with that 92-yard pick six. But the Buccaneers had a hard time running up against the Eagles' defense. And Mike Allstott had one of those games where it was very similar. And I'll pull up the numbers here in a minute, but it was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 carries for – 39 yards. It was around a two yard average, right? Two and a half yards average, something like that. But it was enough to keep 
Donovan McNabb and the Eagles offense off the field and rest Monty Kippen's defense. Mm. That is so important. If you remember in the first, what, five drives, Matt, that produced one first down? Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was the first six. It was like three and out, three and out, three and out. A lot out. of three and outs. And all of a sudden, you see Justin Jefferson going streaking down the field, and the Buccaneers' defense was gassed, especially right at, right before halftime. Uh, the defense had been on the field so much that that they were getting gassed. They had to have some of those long, sustained drives to really catch their breath more than just halftime. And, and it worked. And that's the complimentary football that Todd Bowles is talking about. You can't get that when you're throwing the ball 60 times a game and having more three and outs like we saw last year too many times, even under Tom Brady and, and Byron Lefwich. And it was that type of complimentary style of play that Bowles needed and uh, and he got yesterday, especially from that two minute drive on when the Buccaneers got that touchdown right before halftime and then got the interception from Chris Christian Izian, kept it a 10 10 tie and then really played some ball control in the second half and and kept that Bucks defense rested enough to make some plays when it counted against Kirk Cousins at the end. And I think that Carlton Davis pass breakup on exactly. third down is w- one of the perfect examples of yes. it. And it's so funny, Scott, because, you know, every team you want to win by a blowout. You want to win like how the Cowboys sure. beat the Giants last night, 40 to nothing. And it's, yeah. and it's not that close. But it's the NFL. That's not going to happen all the time. So under this guise, under this umbrella, this was kind of like the games that Todd Bowles envisions of winning as a head right. coach. We're going to win with my defense. Our defense is going to set the tempo. Yeah. And the offense, while should be better as the season goes on for the time being, they're going to win by not turning the ball over. They're going to win by controlling the clock, at least in the second half in this game, right. and make the big plays when needed at the end. So that's exactly how Todd Bowles drew it up uh, for what he wants to do as a coach. Yeah. We've got another super chat from Adam Hamilton. You're the man, Adam. Yes. Uh, this one, Adam says, thought the O-line played great, hard-nosed. Only thing is with these boots, talking about the bootlegs, it seemed like there was always someone in Baker's, parentheses, a lot of bake, let's go, yep. uh, in Baker's face. Is this by design? Well, um, I'll say this. When when you look at, at the blitzes that they were deployed against the Bucks offense, um, it, it really was a situation they were blitzing off the edge, right? So in most of those situations, you're relying on your back or your tight end to pick up the blitz. Now, one of those blitzes that got right in Baker's face, and that was the one where he literally ducked. Yeah, uh, That was a blown assignment by Baker Mayfield. He needed to, um, you know, to, to call uh, for a line protection to slide the other way, or he needed to roll out away from that pressure. That was really on him. And, and sometimes even veteran quarterbacks make mistakes. It's still a new offense. He's still getting used to this offense, having not played in it, but just five series in the preseason. So um, the pressure that you saw really wasn't the fault of the offensive line because Baker really was was not tested up the middle. The one time he got sacked was, yeah. uh, was on the third and five down there uh, right after that Antoine Winfield fumble recovery. And, uh, it was more the fault of Baker Mayfield than Luke Gedeke. I know you look at the stat sheet and you say, well, well, Daniil Hunter got the sack, but that was the situation where Brian Flores pulled a Todd Bowles, showed a six-man front with pressure, and then dropped eight, only rushed three. Gedeke did his job on Daniil Hunter, wheeling him around, but the Vikings deployed two spies at the line of scrimmage, one to the left, one to the right, 
So when Baker Mayfield was in the pocket, he he actually had two escape routes, Matt. One yeah. to the left, one to the right. He should have taken either one, probably the right one, because he had more room to operate on that side of the field because of where the, the ball was on the left hash or closer to the left hash. But for some reason, instead, he backed up into the sack. Even Cody yeah. Mount came over. He had no one to block, right? But he actually got a chip on Hunter and pushed him behind Mayfield. So that that, that sack that Luke Edicke had was actually on Mayfield more than anything. So I thought the offensive line and pass protection did a fantastic job. And we have another super chat from Adam Hamilton, who's doing a hell of a job today as well. Nine ninety nine. thought the O-line played great. Hard yeah. nose, only thing. Oh, you're, you just yeah, that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's I'm, all good. The, the only thing I was going to add to that really yeah. is, yeah, most of the time it, it wasn't by design at times, but sometimes with those play action bootlegs, there yeah. was one to the outside, to the left side. It was actually the first completed pass to Kate Otten, yeah. one of the two Kate Otten's receptions. And that one, there was a, a free defender, but you can only block so many guys. So you kind of put that defender in the no man's land. Right. Do I stay back with the receiver who was Otten in this case, or do I, you know, go after the quarterback? But you have enough time, or the quarterback has enough time to get rid of the ball before he takes, you know, a big hit, which, you know, Baker does like to lower the shoulder here and there. Yeah. But he obviously made the right call on that one. And, uh, well. Hey, speaking of calls, I I, I got to call a timeout, Matt. It's four twenty. Yes. It's time for roll call here on Monday. That's right, roll call, baby. Got the wrong well, graphic. We, we like Manscaped too. We got nothing. <laughs> against, we got nothing against Manscaped. Here we go. Roll call. As you guys know, we do this at four twenty or sometimes four twenty one if we're uh, we're in the middle of something. But we do this every Monday uh, with our fans, the pewter people. Um, one of us will go on a rant. I'm actually feeling about something today, Scott. All if, right, man, uh, you got it. If I can have it and. What I'll do is I'll start talking about uh, this certain topic with the Bucks, and in the meantime, you guys start—you guys are already at it, but yeah, start putting in the comments where you are watching from, and uh, Scott will put it up on the screen. So, what I want to talk about with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and I think we saw it yesterday really shine a little bit more than we have in the past, is you know, there's been a lot of conversation about Todd Bowles. He's too stoic. He's going to lead this team nowhere. They're going to have a top five pick, and I think people have started to learn that there's two different sides of uh, of Todd Bowles. There's the guy that's on screen the whole time, and then there's Todd Bowles who was laughing his ass off in the press yeah. conference on Friday, or the Todd Bowles screaming in the locker room. So these players love Todd Bowles, especially yeah. the guys on defense. They really enjoy playing for him. But the biggest difference I saw from Todd Bowles from Sunday's game to last season, I love – the aggressiveness and the no hesitation when coming up with a decision. We talked a little bit about it before with go with passing it on third down, trusting his team to get that first down instead of just running it and punting it and hope the defense can win the game. I love, first of all, I love that the short yard situation was an issue for the Bucks last season. Yeah. They would have had that third and short, but Rashad White tripped. I know yep. they said that he was down. Rashad White straight up tripped. Yep, if he doesn't he trip, they easily get that third down. But more important than that, I love that Todd Bowles went for it on fourth down, even though it was they were backed up in their own territory. Because in years past, I could see Todd punting that. Yeah. Or la last season, I could see Todd punting that. So I love that they went for it. I love that they just went Baker, QB sneak, get it done, and they did. And – even things of last season, just knowing your team a little bit more. I mean, I still go back to that 
San Francisco game when Ryan Suckup lined up for a 55 yarder. Right. And everyone and their mother knew there's no way Ryan wasn't going to make this. And it yep. wasn't even close. But this year, he trust he knew, all right, we need to get longer with the with the field goals. I'm going to trust Chase McLaughlin to hit this 57 yarder. And he rewarded Todd Bowles by absolutely nailing it. It would have been good from 60 yards. So I just, I'm seeing a lot more aggressive coaching style with Todd yeah. Bowles already taking charge, calling that timeout when the Bucs were a little discombobulated on offense. I just, again, I think of last season, the whole fiasco with the Cleveland game when they didn't call a timeout, then they completed the big pass to Julio Jones, and then Todd Bowles kind of put his foot in his mouth after being like, we were worried about turning it over, but Tom Brady doesn't turn the ball over that much. (laughs) This season, no, we're being aggressive. We're going for it on fourth down. We're going to close out the game. We're going to win the game on our terms by winning that rep and getting that first down on the big play to Chris Godwin. So yeah. I really appreciate the aggressiveness from Todd Bowles I and it's, tac- it's tactical too. It's not yeah. wild willy nilly all over the place. Right. Like there's a reason behind it all. And I thought Todd Bowles did a great job in his in-game management. Maybe not totally so much agree. with the timeouts, but yeah. uh, turning over a new leaf and I yeah. think people are enjoying it. He still has to learn when to challenge plays where he's actually going to win. I think if, if he has yeah. a weakness, <laughs> it's that. But uh, Todd rolled the dice yesterday, stole a win, great coaching, and uh, Malcolm Hawthorne here. Todd Bowles looks like a completely different person to coach this year. You know what? He does. And, and here's a little bit of, of inside poker. Meets McGee. We're going to get to the Super Chat in a quick second here, but it's important to kind of drive this point home here. There is a different side of Todd Bowles that y'all don't get to see. And sometimes he reveals it like Friday's press conference where he was laughing his ass off <laughs> over the whole skull chant thing. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings skull chant that that clap they do and all that, which is really cool. It's a great environment, right? It, it's awesome. Um, but I've had the chance to interview Todd Bowles in his office one on one. He is completely different in that type of setting than he is in front of the media in a press conference where he's very much more reserved. Matt, you asked him today, and, and you and I both knew the answer. Todd, you had a busted coverage on – or you, w- what happened on that Jordan Addison play, right, where he looked like there was a busted coverage? Yep, busted coverage. That was it. Yep, That's all you're going to get from him. No, it's <laughs> it. Um, But it's different. And, and Rick Stroud had a great article with with a, Todd Bowles, a great interview right before game day a couple days ago, I guess, where he really talked about – the dysfunction last year, the play calling with Byron Leff, which why he made a change, why he felt handcuffed. And he didn't feel handcuffed this year. This is his team. He did yes. not, you know, he inherited Bruce Arians' team with the coaching staff intact. And I'll tell you right now, he did not see eye to eye with Byron Leftwich for a long time. This is not something that just materialized last season. No, I think if Todd could have had the opportunity to make a change, during the offseason, he would have done it last year. Now, it, it's kind of crazy because you think, well, why would you get rid of a Super Bowl-winning offensive coordinator? Well, because he knew what was coming. He saw what was coming last year without Antonio Brown and without Rob Gronkowski. He knows as a defensive coordinator, you can take two guys away, right? You can you can erase Mike Evans with double coverage, and we've seen Mike Evans be erased before in certain games. Mm-hmm. And, and you can roll coverage towards Chris Godwin. But when you have the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of making pre-snap reads, knowing where to go with the ball before the snap has even occurred, where the mismatch is, and you got four guys, A.B., Gronkowski, Mike Evans, all Hall of Fame caliber numbers, 
and Chris Godwin, who's a $20 million Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah, very good receiver. You can't take all four away. You can't. And the Buccaneers literally out-talented people with the Bruce Arian scheme in 2020 and 2021. That's why they won the Super Bowl and why they won 13 games. But with A.B. gone and Gronkowski gone, and you've heard even Dave Canales allude to this, you can't make your players win mano a mano every single down. You have mm-hmm. to use scheme to get them open. To do otherwise is foolish. Folks, there's a reason why Byron Leftwich is not employed right now. I'm just telling I, you. So. I believe Dave Canales called it, that's bad football or that's stupid football. It was yeah. something like yeah. that, what he said, right. if you make your guys go one-on-one. Um, another bad decision that you could make. Uh, okay, Beats McGee, $5 Super <laughs> Chat. a good decision. Uh, like yourself, Scott, I made a nice piece of change on my bookie. Yeah. I didn't see them losing that game. Yeah. You know what's a big difference? I was actually thinking about this. Didn't have to do with anything on the field. But Luke Combs, uh, you know, he's famous country singer. Yeah. He's been doing his tour. Uh, he went to Minnesota. He wore a Vikings right. hat. He went to Tampa. He wore a Bucks hat. Yeah. But in one of those concerts, he brought someone on stage to shock him with beer. <laughs> and it was not a Vikings player. It was a Bucks player. That's so right. We should have known since then. Um, Cali Bucks with the 199 super chat. I have to know if you asked the skull question, LOL. Uh, no, I no. did not ask the skull question. If you want to check out the whole video, actually, you could see it on our Instagram. We have the video yeah. there. So check out our Instagram. But um, another thing you should really check out is the best energy drink around town. That is Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. So many awesome different flavors that Celsius has. Their newest one is the Cosmic Vibe. It's a sparkling fruit punch, but you can't go wrong with any flavors. I got the sparkling cucumber lime, the grape, the Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Um, If you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, and of course, uh, it's also the sponsor of the Peter Game Day show and has Game Day Essential Energy, um, go to the store locator on the Celsius website. Just put in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you can find one at your local Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, convenience store, health and fitness store, or your bodega. Bodega. And once you go to your bodega and you love Celsius and you know you want more, get it in bulk. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and get that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You can have so many different flavors of Celsius. Um, You can have it sent to your residence really whenever you want, every week, month, quarterly, yearly. You set it up on your own terms. There's no sugar in these drinks, no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with uh, another product out there. So make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. I want to get to a video. Uh, We were talking about the offensive line. We heard Todd talk about the uh, run game uh, from the offensive line. But he also talked about the the pass protection as well, which we talked about earlier, did a great job between only allowing one sack, which wasn't even on them, and not too many holding penalties. So um, this video, Todd talks about the pass protection. He also talks about the decision of being aggressive and going for it with that completion to Chris Godwin throwing it. And talks a little bit about Baker Mayfield as well. Massive and, and get that knockout. Yeah, if you want to beat a team like that at their place going up the first game of the year, you can't play conservative. We, we wanted to go for the win. We knew that going in. Uh, Dave made a great call. Chris is very reliable. He made a great catch. And Baker was playing a good ball game in the second half. Switch. I think Baker had 11 yards on his first 12 passes or vice versa. And then 18 of 23 from that point on. What? Without giving away too much. What, what do you think flipped the switch for him and for the offense as a whole? 
I don't think it was a switch flip. You know, they did some things coming in. First game of the year, new coordinator and everything. You don't see everything. They had some new wrinkles that really gave us problems in the first half. I thought they did a good job. Flores is a good DC. Second half, we made some adjustments. We came out, stuck with the run a little bit. Uh, Baker made some plays. We got on the groove, finding some things that we liked against what they did. And, you know, we kind of got on the roll. What are your thoughts on, on their play in terms of their pass protection? I thought they played tough. You know, I thought they did a heck of a job considering all the looks they got. They were sending a lot of pressure all the time. They were almost blitzing every other play, if not every play almost. At least it looked that way. And I thought those guys stood in there. Obviously, technique can get a little better from the first game, but I thought they stood in there tough. Yeah, that was one of the things going back to training camp that I was worried about was the blitz pickup from the Bucks offensive yeah. line. Because we know Todd Bowles sends a number of different blitzes <laughs> yes. and they were going to start the training camp, but with Tristan moving to the left side, Malk being a rookie, and Gedeke obviously going to right tackle, definitely a concern of mine. But they they passed that first test. Not yeah. a ton. It wasn't an A. Well, I mean, I guess if you only allow one sack, it's got to be up there. But Oh, yeah. I, I, listen, for, for a new offense, a new quarterback, and a, a new offensive line, right, the only guy that's a constant at any position is Robert Hainsey. Yeah, right? and, and he wasn't even supposed to be the starter. Correct, yeah. And you had two penalties, uh, a penalty on Hainsey for holding. That got declined. A penalty on Gedeke on for holding got declined. Baker only got hit twice, yeah. twice, and that a whole game. And so I, that's a huge win. You have Daniel Hunter. Granted, they didn't Marcus Davenport, but Brian Flores blitzed like crazy. You know, so, yeah, I, I thought it was, it was a damn good showing for this Buccaneer offensive line uh, from a pass protection standpoint uh, to start the season uh, with, with given the fact that there was so much newness, they only played together with Baker for three series in the preseason. One of those was a three and out. So yeah, I, I, I was very pleased with that, especially with, with the, the, the crowd noise there, right? That's yeah. a loud environment to play in. So uh, we appreciate the uh, cues here with the $2 uh, sticker and, and a yeah. comment here. Tuck will be, you're starting running back by the seventh game. And of course, he means Sean Tucker. Yep. Syracuse, number 44. Seen him for two years straight. He is lightning fast. Cues out. Yeah. Well, listen, Rashad White is going to be the starter. However, um, everybody saw the game. Everybody has seen what Sean Tucker has in terms of speed and explosiveness. And there was one run in the first half. I want to say it was in the first quarter, I believe, where there was actually a, a nice hole for for Rashad White, and they had it blocked up pretty good. And if he would have stepped out of a tackle, he could have had a huge gain, like yeah. twenty plus yard gain, maybe even longer. Uh, but he he didn't. And I love Rashad as a person. I think he's a very good back, but I just don't know if he has the explosiveness and the sense of urgency that you need to to really accelerate through holes because they close so quickly. NFL players take the right angles. They they don't miss many tackles. This is not like college. And if you look at at uh, Isaiah Pacheco for Kansas City, mm-hmm. that guy is not the best running back in the league, but he runs every run like it's his last. Like he is going to be cut after that run, right? And he has that sense of urgency and I've talked with some people inside the organization and they're they're going to make a concerted effort this week to have Rashad White run with more sense of urgency, a greater sense of urgency. And I think he will. Rashad is he's a people pleaser. He wants to do well. He's one of those guys you root for because he he lives the right way. He says the right things. He wants to do well. 
And, and I think we're going to see a better version of Rashad White as the season goes on. I also think there's always overreaction on Mondays. Yeah. And that goes, I think, double when it's the first game of the season and you don't right. have too much. You don't have as much of a, you know, pipeline to, to look at and, and go through. So, yeah, I, I'm really not concerned about Rashad White. It just yeah. wasn't the best start going out the only thing I, I did have an issue with and I had an issue with this last year when Leonard Fournette was getting way too many snaps compared to Rashad White yeah now they've kind of done it with Rashad White I mean Rashad had 54 <laughs> snaps yesterday yeah Sean Tucker only had 10 and Chase Edmonds had eight and obviously right. um Rashad White had 17 rushing attempts compared to just five for Sean Tucker yeah I would like to see Tucker there was one drive in the second half where Tucker was like the main feature back and they let Rashad White have a break on that one. I would like to see a little bit more of Sean Tucker have that balance out a little bit more. It obviously doesn't have to be 50 50, but 54 to 10 or 54 yeah. to whatever it was for Sean Tucker. Uh, yeah, 54 to 10, I feel like yeah. it's too much of a disparagement. Yep. And, and I, I think we're going to see more of Sean Tucker as, as the season goes on. Um, you know, it, it's a 17 game season, and Rashad White had a heavy workload. Keep in mind, folks. Sometimes when you're a rookie, fumbles happen, right? Yes. Um, you have to be adept at, at if you're going to be in there. As as I John Gruden tell me, you can be the you can be the best running back in college football, man. Can you pass protect? Can you help out my quarterback on third down, man? And and sometimes it's not on third down because if you have a running back, and we saw this with Ronald Jones, Matt and Peter, people you remember Ronald Jones, he couldn't pass protect, and so when he was in the game. All of a sudden, you would see guys creep up and get into a run blitz formation because they knew it was going to be a run. And then what did the quarterback do? Well, he he went ahead and, and checked to a pass. Now you got the defense exactly where uh, where they want to be, which is, oh, good. Now we get to, we have all of our guys at the line of scrimmage for a run blitz. Now we're coming on a pass blitz. And guess what? We're going up against a guy that can't pass protect very well in Ronald Jones. And, and, and so you can have a, a good running back, but if you can't pass protect coaches, don't trust him. And they have to see probably a little bit more from Sean Tucker in that area to really cause him to get some more, some more opportunities, some more snaps, because in any given moment, a defensive coordinator can force a check to a pass. And now is that running back that was going to get the carry? Is he going to be a liability and pass protection? No, that's a uh, that's a great point. You know, pass block, and we kind of saw this with um, Jameer Gibbs of the Lions. People yeah. were like, "Why isn't he on the field more?" And then someone showed a replay of him just getting completely run over yeah. on pass blocking. <laughs> that right. makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to make sure that you get on the field is you have yeah. to be able to pass block. But we got another super chat from uh, LDBC's Most Wanted. We have one from Salty Buccaneer that we'll get to yeah. as well. Uh, but L uh, LDBC's Most Wanted says, Saludos, PR. Where do you rank our 2020 draft class? Well, thank you for the yeah. super chat. Uh, the 2020 draft class has a fantastic start. Yeah. <laughs> no question about it. With um, Tristan, Tristan Wirfs in yeah. the first round, Antoine Winfield Jr. in the second yeah. round. I mean, those are both A pluses. I don't think there's really yeah. any discussion after that. However, um, after those two, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, we've spoken a lot about him, probably more than we expected to um, yeah. this season, going MIA the other day at yeah. practice. Tyler Johnson is no longer with the team. Khalil Davis no longer with the team. Right. 
Uh, and it, it, it doesn't matter. After the first two, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Yeah. Because Tristan Wirfs, if he stays healthy, he is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Yep. He just is. He could go down as being the, the best offensive player in, in team history. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and that's saying something because Mike Evans has got that distinction right now. So yes. Tristan Wirfs, he could go down as, as the best offensive player in Bucks history. He's going to get a contract extension. Antoine Winfield was maybe the best defensive player not named Devin White on the field yesterday. Yeah. He's going to get a contract extension. That's it. That's a home run. One-two punch right there. That That's all you need. You need two starters, if not studs, from a draft class to have it be successful. Go back to 1995, right? Uh, it's as good as it gets with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks in the first round. Right there, the Buccaneers traded up from the second into the first round at, at, towards the end to get Derek Brooks. Who are the other draft picks from 1995? Who knows? Who cares? Yeah, I'll yeah, read them yeah. off to you. Melvin Johnson, safety out of Kentucky in the second round. Eh, average player, played four years in the league, didn't really do much. Jerry Wilson, cornerback out of Southern in the fourth round. Clifton Abraham, defensive back uh, out of Florida State in the fifth round. Wardell Rouse, linebacker out of Clemson in the sixth round. Steve Ingram, tackle out of Maryland in the seventh round, and Jeff Rogers at a Texas A&M Kingsville, a defensive end in the seventh round. Who cares? Rounds two through seven. Doesn't matter. You draft the two Hall of Famers in the first round in Sapp and Brooks. Jason Light has that kind of caliber draft. We'll see how it pans out. But two really, really good players off to a really good start in Werfs and Winfield with the, the, the first two picks in 2020. Yeah, I mean, Winfield was exceptional. I am so pumped to see what he's going to do yeah. for the rest of the season because he came out shooting out of a cannon, like on a rocket ship to another Pro Bowl, if not already an All-Pro with the uh, the strip sack to start out the game. Uh, this super chat from Salty Buccaneer. Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. I saw your tweet, by the way, as well. Um, I have been telling y'all on X for a while now. Sorry, X now. Um, yep. Have faith. Bowles got dealt a bad hand last year. Let him finally coach his team with his coaches. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. It's a really good point. You know, he got to pick Dave Canales and uh, so far one for one. (laughs) Yeah, for for real. And it's it's different when you're trying to play one style of football and your offensive coordinator is trying to play another style of football. And, and they don't mesh and they don't play complimentary football. The Buccaneers looked disjointed last year. Mm. Big reason why they were eight and nine, right? And in this year, who knows how they're going to end up? As Todd Bull said, the only thing this guarantees us is we're not going to be 0 and 17, right? So 1 and 0. Remember, they started off 1 and 0 last year. Matt, they started off 2 and 0 last year with two impressive road wins at Dallas, at New Orleans. Yes. And after that, it was a real struggle all the way through. So, we don't want to get too overreacting to this win here because it may mean something. It may not in the grand scheme of things. All it means is they're not going to be 0-17, and Bowles is right about that. <laughs> I do like their chances, though, to beat the Bears come um, come Sunday, though, at, at home. I think they're absolutely going to whoop the Bears. I mean, we, we'll talk about it more on Wednesday and Thursday's show, but if you want to make some picks on that game, best place to do it is with Underdog Fantasy and their pickums. You just make the uh, higher or lower pick on at least two players. It's got to be one from each team, so you can't just pick the Bucs as this video is explaining it. Do you think Baker Mayfield will go higher or lower? Do you think Mike Evans will go higher or lower uh, with his receiving yards? There's 
a number of different picks that you can make. There's also insurance. That's key as well. Yeah. Obviously, if you make three picks and all three hit, you're going to win a lot more money. But say, for example, with my pewter picks, I hit two out of three. Now, if you do the insurance, you still walk away with a payday. It's not as big as winning three times, but you still get money where if you roll the dice with just picking three and it doesn't hit, then you don't win. But underdog fantasy, you have uh, so many great options with the pickums. You could do it for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, whatever you want. The rivals is great too. I'm a huge fan of the rivals. That's just, Hey, I think this guy is going to have more yards than his opponent on the other team. For example, Mike Evans and Justin Jefferson, if you want to do that last week, or I think Baker Mayfield's going to have more passing yards than Justin Fields this week. So underdog fantasy, use that promo code pewter. That's P E W T E R. Get a deposit bonus. If you're new into uh, prop bets and picks and things like that, underdog fantasy is a great place to start with the higher and lowers um, over unders and everything like that. So check out underdog fantasy. They have a lot of great in season tournaments as well. So uh, always stay tuned to Underdog Fantasy with uh, what they have going on. Use that promo code Pewter. I also got a show that's coming out every Friday, Pewter Great Picks show. and Props. I had so much fun doing it last week. Uh, my picks were 5-2, and two, so I'll make some picks for the Bucks games with player props. I hit the Mike Evans over on receiving yards. Unfortunately, I hit the – or I, I picked higher on the rushing yards for Rashad White. That did not hit, but I also picked K.J. Osborne, the Vikings yeah. wide receiver, Higher than two and a half receiving yards. So, uh, sorry, catches. So, two out of three hits. So, that was pretty good. I make some NFL picks as well. Of course, the Bucks uh, spread and the over under. I'll pick that every single week. I went two and oh. I hit the under and Bucks plus six and a half. Go, and I make some NFL picks as well. So, I was five and two. Stay tuned to all of my picks. Either ride with me, win some money, or if you think I'm going to be wrong, fade me. So, either way, uh, it's good to be watching to see what I picked. That'll be coming out on friday yep and the great thing about uh when you look at at uh, pewter report tv it's not just the pewter report podcast we have folks it's not just pewter game day we appreciate all you pewter people for yeah. tuning in uh to our pewter pregame show pewter game day uh, it was fun uh listening to you matt uh get excited about the game <laughs> and dropping some knowledge that that the the announcers on tv just aren't going to have because they're not at one buck in your place they're not tuned into this team like like we at Pewter Report are, and then the Pewter Report podcast. But we also have the Pewter Pulse. We've got Matt's uh, Pewter Picks and Props, and as well as a lot of video clips from press conferences, player interviews, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, Todd Bowles had a lot of good things to say. Anything else in the hopper, Matt, that we should get to from Bowles? Yeah, let's. Um, he talked a lot about the safeties today. I know we, we mentioned Antoine Winfield Jr., but um, everything, yeah, that, everything that Christian Izzian did was, was big time. So he talked about Izzian in the first two clips and then gets to Antoine Winfield Jr. Playing as much as he did, and then to see him make the, the pick he had on the goal line. Uh, I was ask you, when you first noticed him, obviously you know Rutgers football a little better than most NFL coaches probably. Uh, when you first noticed him and why you thought he'd be a good fit here? I noticed him two years ago, you know, when I went up to see my son, he just kept flashing. I didn't know, you know, to the extreme of what it was until I started watching film a little bit more during the senior year. And you just kept seeing the guy. I said, God, this guy does a lot of things. He's very heady, number one. He's very quick. He's very fast. And he's very tough. And he knows he knows the game to be that young and still in college and know the game. I didn't know we would have a shot at him. You know, a free agency came in. Jason, we're talking, talking about it, and we tried to go out and get him. 
took it with one hand. You know, he took it with one hand. It was a heady football play on his part. Uh, it was a crafty move for a rookie. I give him a lot of credit. Yeah, and it certainly made a huge one yesterday. But can you just speak to how sure of a tackler he is? You play a lot of single high, and he is that free safety for you now. It looks like he had two touchdown-saving tackles in Jefferson on, on uh, in the first half. Just your confidence in him as a tackler. Winfield did a lot of things that Winfield does. He got tackles, he got sacks, he caused fumbles, he recovered fumbles, he got PBUs. Very good tackler in space, very good cover guy in space. Um, like I said, him, Devin, and Levante, probably the fastest three guys on the field on our side of the ball. And they played like superstars and, you know, they, they practiced like that, so they played like that. We should also give Devin White a shout-out for the game that oh, yeah. uh, he played as well. So this is Todd Balls talking about Get Live 45. Really good initially. When you go back and watch the tape, it, it might be even better in terms of it being assignment sound, sniffing out screens, and just tackling uh, with sure hands. He played fast. I mean, he played – him and Levante, you know, both of them played all over the field. It was, if it wasn't one, it was the other one. They did a good job finding the hider and the bootlegs, and they did a good job cleaning up plays that the D-line set up for them. They did a good job flying around, period. And, you know, both of them had double-digit tackles. Both of them were all over the place. I thought, you know, they really showed their leadership. And that could be the case. We'll have Devin White spy fields all day, meaning, of course, Justin Fields. Uh, that's a, a great comment from Jacko Bluntley. And, folks, since you mentioned Justin Fields and the Bears, uh, we're going to promote – our Bucks versus Bears preview that's coming out Wednesday. Remember, we're in our season mode right now, and so that means we do podcasts Mondays at four o'clock, Wednesdays at four o'clock, and Thursdays at four o'clock. Is Tuesday's the players' day off? There's no press conferences, and then we'll be at one Buccaneer place, the Advent Health Training Center, on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll have podcasts there, but traditionally, our um, our Bucks opponent preview happens on our Wednesday podcast. So look for the Bucks versus Bears preview on Wednesday. And we'll get into all of the nitty gritty details about that. You know, it's funny when you look at at Antoine Winfield and and the praise that Todd Bowles was bestowing upon him as somebody who can just kind of do it all, right? Where he can make the the big splash plays, make the tackles, play coverage, et cetera. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Eric Gross from the Eric Gross Group. Why? Because he can buy your house, uh, he can help you sell your house. Uh, there's just so many things he can help you find the right neighborhood because getting a house is one thing, but it's not really a house if it's just, uh, you know, in a neighborhood you don't want to be in or a community that you're not really familiar with. Eric wants to help you find a home. That's where you want to plant some roots and make sure you're in the right community. Maybe it's got the right school for your kids, et cetera. Trust Eric Gross with that decision with the Eric Gross group. It takes a full team effort to win in football. He believes it takes a full team effort to win in real estate. So whether you're buying your house or selling it, whether you want to move in state or out of state or around the state, Eric Gross is the place where you need to turn. The Eric Gross group with their website, housesinfla.com. It's a great website. Make sure you check it out. Check out their inventory of houses that are for sale there and make sure you follow the Eric Gross Group on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross, Eric Gross Group. And give him a call, 513-907-4271. He's an avid Peter Report reader, big-time Tampa Bay fan. He knows this area. He's a Tampa native with a team of 85,000 agents in the EXP Realty Group. Eric Gross can help you on your home buying journey, whether you're buying or selling. Make sure you visit housesandfla.com. 
We got some more Super Chats rolling in, so let's get to it. Thank you, Trustin Vorbeck, for the four ninety nine Super Chat. Trustin asked, is it just me, or did Mike Evans look annoyed this game? Even after he scored, he didn't even celebrate with anyone, just ran and sat down. And then he says in all caps, pay him. I think Mike is – he said he's focused on the season. He's ready to go. I think Mike is – I, I think he is focused. He's not going to be a distraction to this no. team, but I don't think he's thrilled that he doesn't have a contract extension. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think too, um, he wasn't pleased with himself. I think he, yeah. he had a shot at that deep ball and didn't come up with it in the first quarter. Whereas one-on-one, he usually eats that, that situation up uh, and, and eats it alive. Then he had the, the drop with a slant pass that got into his, his uh, body bounced mm-hmm. off his chest. The defender fell down. It would have been a walk-in touchdown. So I, I don't think that Mike was as pleased with with his opening performance as as uh, you know as, as maybe he he wanted. I think he's got very high expectations for himself. He knows he's in a contract yeah. year. He's got to make those plays. And the last thing on Mike at the time that was what his second target. So it's probably yeah. not like yeah we scored a touchdown. It was like finally you're supposed to finally. get the damn ball. Right. This is a quick video, but Todd Bowles yeah. actually spoke about Mike Evans today. Yeah. How do you feel about Mike Evans played in yesterday's game? I thought Mike played well. I mean, you can say he could have got the slant play that like he could have ran for, but Mike played well. He commands a double team. You know, he bided his time. We started going to him more in the second half, and he cashed in for us. And we got yeah. a uh, super chat from Meets McGee. Thank you for the $5 super chat who says, like the Chiefs game with Tyreek Hill, great adjustment on Jefferson. Salute to Bowles and Canales on their second half adjustments. The yep. offense will get better as they go. Yeah, great great uh, adjustments in the second half. Um, as far as Mike Evans, I have nothing new to report other than um, he needs a really big year. He needs a really big year. I'm just going to leave it at that. So. I'd love to see Mike retire in Tampa. He needs a really big year. And he's, he's capable of it, but you have to, and I hate knocking Mike for things, but yes. it was a simple drop and big time players make that play down the field. Yes. Uh, you know, the deep ball. From and he's Baker. capable of that. He's capable of making that slant catch. He's capable of making that big play. Uh, those are $25 million plays though, that you got to make. And, um, and he, nobody's harder on, on Mike than himself. You know, he's a perfectionist and, and, uh, not knocking Mike. I'm just stating kind of the obvious here that he's got to make those plays. Even Todd Bowles said, yeah, he probably should have had the slant, but still, nonetheless, he did his part, helped this team with some clutch catches, including that touchdown first touchdown of the season for Tampa Bay. And that was a big one because they only won by three points. Um, folks, when it comes to, uh, you know, to winning, uh, there's a group called Immuni Financial here in the Tampa Bay area that wants to help you win when it comes to your retirement and your investments. And uh, do what I do. Trust Immuni with your financial resources and your investments, and they'll come through for you in the clutch. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Aim Uni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Aim Uni Financial. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage, and advisory services 
retirement accounts, college savings accounts for the kids, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. They can help not just folks in the Tampa Bay area, not just pewter people across the state of Florida, but like you guys all across the country watching the Pewter Report podcast, Immuni Financial can service you. So do what I did. Make yourself a client of Immuni Financial. Visit them on the web at immuni.com or give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. Even if you're working with a current financial advisor or a financial company, it always doesn't hurt to get a second opinion, especially when your retirement is at stake. So let Immuni Financial take a look at your assets, see if they can make some suggestions, and see if Immuni Financial is right for you when it comes to your finances. Immuni Financial, visit them on the web at immuni.com. I love that the super chats are continuing to roll in yes. uh, from Nick Bowen. Thank you for the 199 super chat. Hear anything about Raymond James Stadium lease ending in 2028? A relocate? Question mark. That's a long ways off, man. <laughs> I, I haven't heard a thing. Yeah. I'm not even really thinking. What are we? 2023? Yeah, I mean that's that's a long time. Uh, I, I a lot of football to be played between now and then. We'll see what happens, but. Uh, um, Gary Buff says, I want to go to Colorado. Colorado is great. I can't wait to get back to Colorado. I'm actually going to um, uh, to Yellowstone, Montana. At their, oh, let's go. Bozeman, Montana ran. during spring break. So a little big sky country. Uh, folks, listen, we, we, we asked you all last night on the Peter Report podcast to help us out, to let That's right. other Buck fans know about the Peter Report podcast and especially Peter Report TV. That is where this channel is, is uh, you know, this the podcast is housed. That's where you can see Matt Matera's pewter picks and props, my pewter pulse videos, plus all the great video clips that Matt and our staff put up on Pewter Report TV. That's our YouTube channel. And you guys came through like like aces. We, we grew yes. by 80 new subscribers last night, 80 just in one podcast. So I'm going to ask you to do it again. We're so close to 12,000 subscribers on our Pewter Report TV channel, on our YouTube channel. Help us out again. Do it again. Let more people know. Let your Bucks fans, friends, and family members know about Pewter Report TV. Have them click on the subscribe button. It doesn't cost a single thing. It's free. You just have them click subscribe on our YouTube channel. It helps us out. helps us grow. And if you haven't done so yet, go to your YouTube channel and go on notifications and click on that. And that way, whenever we go live with an emergency podcast or a regularly scheduled podcast, or if we do the, the Peter Report podcast after games, we always kind of adjust that, Matt, as it pertains to uh, when the press conferences end. That's when we go live. You'll get a notification. You can yeah. tune in and not miss a minute of the Peter Report podcast. Yeah, please follow us on all our social media, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, threads, everything else in between. Peter Report TV, we always got the content coming out and uh yeah just a reminder on wednesday's show we are previewing the next game for the bucks it is a bucks versus bears preview there have always been crazy games when the bucks and bears get together yeah. uh so we'll see what happens next uh when these teams match up so we will talk about it on wednesday's show very excited for that until then that's going to do it for us so for scott reynolds i'm matt matera saying thanks everybody for watching we will see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Thanks to all of our police and firemen out there. Amen so. to that, brother. Yep. Peace out. Out. Oh.